Welcome back to a Persepolis podcast where we talk about all things Persepolis. I'm Caden. I'm Jared. And I'm Jacob. So today what we're going to be talking about is the discussion questions we came up with for the rest of the book as we have finished from last time the whole book. And so what we read about was uh, Marjane's years as a teen growing up and how she became more rebellious over time. And the book ended with her moving to Austria because it is not too safe where she is currently living. All right, so we will now go over these discussion questions. We have six to go over. I will start with one from Chance, which is, what business do you think the parents still have to attend to in Iran? Why didn't they go and live with Marjane? Yes, so at the end of the book, when she was leaving to go to the airport on her own, her parents told her that they cannot come with her, but they will visit in six months. And when she asked why, she told them, or they told her that they still have business to attend to here and there in Iran, and they weren't going to go live with her. And so I was thinking, what do you guys think they're going to be doing? Because they're not in the war, really. So what other stuff are they going to be doing? So what I think about this is that I don't think they're ever going to Austria. I think that they told her that so she would have an easier time moving there, but there's no realistic way for them to get there, or they think that they will die because of all the bombings and how crazy it's getting. Mm-hmm. But, um, like Marjane said, she said that I don't think uh, this is going to be the last, this is gonna, probably going to be the last time I'll ever live with them mm-hmm. fully again. So I'm thinking, why didn't they just move with her? Because they could have, but they didn't, it sounded like. Yeah, and this wasn't specified in the book. I know that her mother is very uh, passionate about her country and is very passionate about it going the way that she thinks it should. And maybe they wanted to stay there and remain hopeful that, you know, their country was going to become better, which was also stated in the book earlier. Yeah, so... I really just think it's a patriotic thing. Like, they can't leave because there's still stuff that needs to be done and stuff that needs to be fixed and a war that needs to be fought, and they have to be there for that. But they don't want her there because they want her to live a life of prosper and fun. Yeah, they wanted wanted her to have a better education, too. And I think their priority was having their child live the best life possible and them dealing with the stuff that they need to, you know? And so the priorities were different for the child and the parents. I think the excuse with the principal was just a way to get her out. I think they had this planned way long before. So I just think like, as soon as she acted out, they were like, oh, this is the perfect chance we can finally get her out of here like we wanted to, because it's just not a good learning environment for a child. Yeah, I mean, they are spending every day just mourning the loss of their soldiers and spreading, you know, propaganda and lies, which was, you know, clearly demonstrated in the teachers, so. All right, well, it's time to go on to the next discussion question, I suppose. Uh, This is one of my questions. And the best way to ask this is, on page 70, Marjane tells God to shut up and get out of her life. And I feel like this is definitely a turning point in her childhood, maybe even her life. And I was wondering what you guys think the, um, importance of this moment is so with this moment in the book i think 
it's her because before this she's had this deep love for religion and believing in something but here she's lost all hope in everything and the one thing that she could held on to her uncle wasn't there anymore so she's not believing in anything nothing's real to her anymore this is all a fantasy so her rejecting God is kind of a way of saying, no, I don't want to believe this. I can't believe this. Leave. Yeah, I think with all of the stuff that she had to go through and, you know, her beliefs that, like, you know, God is doing doing this, God is doing that. And then, you know, she loses family members and her perspective, that definitely wouldn't make it make a God seem like a legitimate figure. And so, you know, and she was very angry about it, too. You know, it's a very personal thing. To yeah, I think... I think that she still like accepts him as like her god, but I think she just doesn't she doesn't like I guess believe in him as much because she's probably thinking like if if he was really that good and like god and stuff like that, why is all this happening? And so she's probably just like she's very upset because most of her family members died, her friends died, there's a whole war and she's just like why would he let this yeah, happen? It doesn't make sense to her because she's had this good life. She's had everything go well for her because she hasn't had to see the realities of the world. But as soon as she started seeing these horrors and she started being opened up and shown things, it's not as happy as she seems. She's like, God, why are you doing this? What's up, man? Why can't you fix all this? Like, And so she just wants to reject it all instead of accepting the world how it is. Yeah, and I also noticed that when she did tell God to shut up and get out of her life, he doesn't appear in the book anymore. He's not even mentioned. The only time he's mentioned is from, like, the religions that are battling. But that's pretty much it, you know? They stopped mentioning him from the I think start, pretty much. Towards the middle of the book, they got rid of the religion aspect. Because Marjane realized that this war wasn't about religion. It wasn't about what you believed in. It was about money and politics and who had the most power and who respected who and who liked who and it was never about you believe in or what culture you follow it was just about power and money and i think this is kind of the point where she sees that so god really becomes irrelevant at this point more political and when they start discussing money more they start discussing the political hierarchies more and it's it just becomes basic it's kind of a different book after that yeah that's true it definitely turns from like you know god is doing this and that and you know her early uh life where she's having to be taught all this stuff early and then when she gets older and you know really thinks about it the light the the book kind of changes you know it changes from her innocence to the harsh world around her definitely yeah i think it was just like i think it's because they had to shift the aspect because religion is a big part of wars but also politics and power and i think it was just it really shifted from the they said like the reason why he became the king in the first place was because of god but after that he was just doing it based off of politics and power so i think it was just they were they're showing how like there's always a shift in the aspects of war and of what's going on because it can start as one thing, but it can always lead to others. 
All right, so I think we're ready to move on to the next discussion question. This one is one of Caden's questions. Do you believe it was brave or irresponsible to stand up in front of the principal? So when Marjane stands up in front of the principal, she's sort of, she's refuting her. She's being very disrespectful and kind of belligerent to what she has to say. So I was just wondering what you guys thought, because do you think that if she would have kept her mouth shut, there would she still wouldn't have gone to Austria, or she wouldn't have been in trouble with the school system, or think that because she's she's going a better life. I think that you know everything happens for a reason, and she got expelled from that school after doing that. Yeah. Um, and look at what that led her to. It led her to um, France which would definitely be a much better life for her. And so I feel like, on the other hand, yes, it was heroic for her to do that, not to a point, but it was good that she stood up for her beliefs. Um, you know, like it was the uh, bracelet that her mom gave her, you know, so it means a lot to her. And to take that away, you know, I can definitely see why that wouldn't make sense. In my opinion, it doesn't make sense either. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, so I feel like, you know, standing up for your beliefs is definitely important, but there's a line that you shouldn't cross. I think she definitely crossed the line when she literally hit the principal, you know, uh, yeah. which caused her to get expelled. It's a very hard thing. It's very complicated. You know, there's a lot of um, critical logic involved in the in these kind of things. She is it one of the situations where you respect your teachers or your higher powers, even if they disrespect you? Or do you look up at them and say, no, you're wrong. And then you demand respect from them if you're going to respect from them if you're going to respect them. Yeah, uh, I kind of looked at it as like, I feel like, yeah, she definitely shouldn't have done that. But there's still like your teacher or your principal. You still need to show them respect, even though you may differ in what you believe and what you think. I still feel like you should treat everyone with like still the same respect because it's in the way it's still the same like as like religion you know like even if two different people believe in two different religions they still are should respect each other for what they believe in because it's what they believe and not what like what side of the government you support it's like nowadays Mm -hmm. when you when you have two people arguing about politics and they just don't respect each other because they have different political views and one's like one says I support Trump and then someone's like I support Biden but they don't respect each other but they're still human they're still the same people they just have different beliefs on things because maybe different ideologies help them more or support their family or are better beneficially for them like economically yeah it's crazy how tense the political structure is to the point where teachers are yelling at students because they have different political views you know and this is the same in america um there was a case on the news a few weeks ago where uh, and you know we're all in online class we have to do the online meetings and some kids said something along the lines of like i support trump and then the teacher kicked him out of the class you know and it's things like that where there's just uh, different views and the politics are so tight in a country to the point where 
an adult can yell or get angry at a kid for stating their ideas. And, you know, as a kid, you get a lot of your ideas from your parents. It's mostly not even their fault. And so I think that's definitely an area where we can compare this book to current events. Yeah, I definitely think that with the story you brought up, kicking a student out over them supporting our president is very, it's a very touchy subject because some people don't like, some people really dislike him. Some people like him a lot. And so you shouldn't be denied an education because of who you believe in, because an education is your right. And if you're going to kick someone out because they don't like the same thing as you, it's very discriminatory. And that story you brought up, I was just thinking about it. That's going to be one heck of a lawsuit against that school. Yeah, I don't know exactly what happened, but it's crazy, you know. Uh, People who are politically, very politically charged can get so angry and it's just thrown way out of proportion. I mean, to do that to a student who is just stating his belief, people need to understand you can have differing beliefs, you know. Um, People overreact so easily to differing views and it's like, just because you have an opinion doesn't mean that everyone else should have that opinion. And I think that's definitely something we should learn. And I don't think he really should necessarily put that out there. Like, I don't think he really needed to put that out there in general, because there there probably wasn't any reason to say, like, I support Trump Mm -hmm. or whoever it is. Well, according to the story, there was a reason, but I don't recall it exactly. I found another story in Washington. One student had a Trump hat on, and he was kicked out of a Zoom class for it. Now, what I can get by is that you shouldn't wear hats in class because it's dress code and it's still online. But if the reason was because it was supporting Trump, I can't get by that because yeah. people don't like him. He's still a president. He's still just a political figure. You're not going to like all the political figures. And you have to have some sort of respect for people no matter what. No yeah, matter- you should, if someone decides to wear some sort of political, you know, shirt or hat, just respect it. I mean, you don't have to agree with it, but... Don't have to agree with it at all. People blow it out of proportion. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right, well, I think it's ready to go. We're ready to go to the next question. This one is by chance. Why do you think that the author wrote about her life, especially in the form of a comic book? So, yeah. So what I was trying to ask was, why do you think the author wrote like a biography or autobiography? Because I I know she was trying to show her life in Iran, but especially like, why did she write it? Why do you guys think she wrote it as a comic book? Because she wrote it. She could have wrote it as just an actual novel or anything. But she chose to write it like a drawing, like a little kid. You know, like, why do you think she would put it in such a, yeah. I guess, childish so, form? I think she did this because I'm going to use myself as an example. When we were choosing our books for this project, I chose this book because it was a graphic novel. It Same. To read. <laughs> and so I think she wrote this because she realized that if she writes about the things going on in our country like this and all the things that are happening and people are going to see that it's a comic book there or in a graphic novel they're going to want to read it and it's going to spread the word more than 
if you were to look at a novel that said Persepolis, story about Iran, would you read that? Or would you read Persepolis, a comic book journey about Marjane's life in Iran, right? Yeah, I think that uh, it was definitely a good strategy from the author to make it in the form of a graphic novel. And I believe graphic novels are underrated, especially compared to regular chapter books. I think that they can convey a lot of more information uh, with the pictures, you know, you can get a accurate visual representation of what's happening. And another um, point is, you know, people our age, you know, 15, 16, even younger, uh, really like graphic novels. You know, it's our preferred, most of people our age's preferred type of book. And I think that the author definitely wanted this subject to be portrayed to our generation more. Yeah, so I think with the illustration aspect of it, that because Marjane illustrated and wrote it, so you are seeing it from her eyes. You are seeing it how she saw it. And if this is what her mind conjured up, especially as a child, this is going to be the like one of the best forms of this war that we will possibly read because. We're seeing it from a first-hand point of view, we're seeing it from a child's point of view, and we're seeing it from a teen's point of view. So, and we're seeing it from some adult point of view also, because we have all these different characters coming in, all these different eyes looking on the story, but it's all from Marjane. Marjane's a very creative child in the story, so she creates all these stories, and like she conveys the information so well through this book. Yeah, I think that's definitely a good way to put it. Uh, all right, so next question. This one is one of mine. And it is, why did they ban basically anything fun, such as chess, card games, and parties? And this is referring to, you know, when they were having their party and, you know, the police, if you will, came and like, are you drinking? We have to check your house. And, you know, they checked another house earlier and they got executed just for having stuff like card games in their house. Um, they, well, I can tell you one thing about the alcohol. If they're producing the alcohol in the house and the country's not selling it, that's one less tax they're not collecting because tax on alcohol is a very high tax. So it can go from... 14% to 22% in America. And when you tax alcohol, it's a very... It, it produces a lot of money for a country. So when you take that away and then people start producing their own, it's almost like a slap to the face. So if, like, you can't get the money from it, they're not allowed to have it. Well, they have alcohol banned, though, in the country. Like, it's completely banned. Yeah, so... But when they're making it themselves illegally, it's a slot. Yeah, it's disrespectful. It is still bad. It's still bad. But I mean, things like card games and chess, come on. I think the card games and the chess, because like, it's a way of um, showing creativity. And once people start showing creativity, they start getting ideas. And these ideas lead to rebellion. Rebellion leads to a takedown of the country. It's a very extremist thought. But it's such things like how, like, how people didn't have the same rights earlier on in the U.S. It's because they thought, or like, if you think about the Salem witch trials, they thought women would get ideas and take over the men. And so they were automatically assumed to be witches because they had thoughts. 
it's almost like the same thing that it's a very extremist way of showing that creativity leads to trouble yeah i think it was just to like i think it was to put the people down and show them that they're the government they get to choose what's going on not the people rebelling you know choosing because the king stepped down you know and he left because all the people were against him they're like no we don't want him i think they were doing that just to, like to put the people down like kind of like put them in their place Definitely. i think they were just yeah they were just trying to take out the fun and things so just to make it purposefully awful so people listen to them i think it could definitely be both of those um i never thought of it the way caden did um that's a very interesting interesting answer um well what i originally thought when i read it is oh you know they want you to be doing prayers they want you to be doing all these you know activities that the government wants you to do uh but i think you can definitely add in those things it's more complicated than it seems for sure and it's definitely obviously corrupt and wrong Mm-hmm. They definitely want an, a society full of order, but when you demand order in a society, there's always going to be someone who doesn't want the order because everyone has different ideas all the time. That's why in America we have all this freedom, and there's so many different troubles and issues going on, but not one of them is free is not being creative and being shunned down because we are able to express our thoughts able to express everything that we believe in and that's one thing we definitely should remember i mean if the uh, government from iran were to check my house right now you know they'd be seeing tvs and card games everywhere and you know consoles that would be like the most non-ideal house for them to check uh thankfully in america we can have all those things and Though we may be in a politically tense situation right now, at least we can be happy we have that, you know? Yes. Mm. And I think I think it's because the U.S. mainly runs more on a uh, democracy, while I think they're trying to bring, like, autocracy. And I think they're just trying to lead by, like, one person, one government, leading over everything more than having everyone work together. So I think it's Iran's... Um, not going into more of an aristocracy but it's going more into a communist dictatorship because they're trying to keep everyone equal and they're trying to keep everyone the same they're not giving each other it's not the rich and powerful that's leading it's just the powerful it could be some humble man who had nothing but just talked his way to the top and the powerful I feel like they disguise it by a theology too because they tell all these soldiers, hey, um, Allah is going to grant you the key to paradise, you know. Uh, you're going to get whatever you want in heaven if you fight for our country. And so I think that there is a kind of like communist-like power dictatorship going on, masked behind a theology. And that's what they're going for. That's a great way to put it. I feel like the uh, when they put the keys around the kids' necks, it's the false hope. And they're telling them, oh, if you do this, you'll go to heaven. And then when they die, we we don't know what happens, but they die with these plastic, like these fake keys around their neck. And yeah. There's and no. Didn't the book say that they were like painting it a fake gold color as well? Yeah. It's, they were just ridiculous. Gold. It's to bring inspiration. Yeah. Fire. 
All right, I think uh, it's time to go on to the last question here, and then we're going to go over what all of our opinion were opinions were on the book. So this one is on uh, is Caden's question. In a war between Iraq and Iran, in the end, who do you believe comes out as a winner? So, what I meant by this was in this war between Iraq and Iran, does anyone really win? Do the people win? Do the countries win? Do the leaders win? Do the soldiers win? Who really gets the benefit out of this? And I just want to see your guys' thoughts before I give my thoughts. Uh, sure. I think that this is still going on today. I mean, I'm not very educated on current world news because all the news we see is about our politics right now. But uh, I think that they actually are still in some sort of battle, um, like right now, you know, as we speak. So I don't think anything has ended yet. It's still going on, uh, maybe in different ways. But I feel like nobody wins in this situation. This all went out of hand. Uh, all these groups of people, you know, fighting over different things, and it turned into Armageddon. You know, when no one, when no one is together and everyone's divided, that's when we all fall. That's taken from a Roger Water lyric, but yeah. So that's my opinion. So, uh, did you, you want to add on to this first? Yeah, I was gonna say that. Um, I do. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is still going on. There's, there's always a lot of wars it seems and it tends to be over there but i don't think any side is really gonna win because they're driven by like i said religion they're driven by religion like they said in the book with the keys you know they want to go to heaven they think that fight yeah so i think can you hear me Oh, yeah. We can hear you now. So. Sorry. Um, it disconnected for a second. Um, but I think they're just... I think they're just... They're believing in their religion, thinking, oh, everything's going to be okay and it's going to be better if we fight in this war. I think it's just the drive of power, money, religion that is what's keeping this war going and brewing. And it's just going to end in everyone being defeated. So I agree with you guys. I think no one comes out the winner, but I, I also I do actually believe think there is one winner, and the one winner is the weapons producers, who yeah. get paid for all the nukes, and it's all the people, and not it's even the other countries. It's like yeah. it's countries like Russia that, that are profiting profiting and off of this uh, war. To them, and they're like, here, buy them from us. That's just money for us. So I think that. In, in this war, political leaders win. No civilians win. No no soldiers win. No religious leaders win. Everyone just comes out on the bottom. And I feel that it's almost that sense of pride that gets in the way with the leaders. And they just have to almost puff their chests out and say, we're going to win, but really they don't win because their country is still in ruins their people are still leaving there is really no way to end that this ends well <laughs> uh there's a song that i know that uh this reminds me of and it talks about how we slowly are um ending our own human race and how we're slowly just destroying ourselves as a as a population entirely oh, what song? and it's like we're 
uh, it's called descending. We're slowly like descending as in descending down into the ocean, you know, kind of like Atlantis, if that existed, did, you know, yeah. we're kind of bringing ourselves down. Exactly. So and I feel like with humans, it's just not, it's not possible to escape that because we're all human. There's always the good with the bad. Yeah. So I want to get onto our opinions of the book now. I want to, let's start with um, Jacob. What were your, th- just any thoughts or other questions you had on the book that we can discuss? Sure. It's pretty hard for me not to like a graphic novel. So that's an <laughs> automatic bias uh, is I love graphic novels. Um, I think this is the first political or really serious graphic novel I've read. You know, this is nothing like a Marvel comic or like some sort of manga, you know, this is a serious, this is a serious thing. And this actually happened. And this is the first time I've seen an autobiography written in the form of a graphic novel. It's very creative. And I think that the story was uh, given very, very well. I think there was a bit of a bias in the book, like they were trying to push some sort of uh, narrative, uh, like pro-Marxist type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't think was completely relevant to the book. Um, but that's basically my only complaint. Um, the visuals were portrayed very well. The ending was a great ending. And yeah. as you know, hard as it was, it was a great ending. And I overall just enjoyed the book. I think I'd give that an 8 out of 10, probably. Um, so, okay, Chance, what were your thoughts on the book? Um, I thought it was really, I, I really liked it. I thought it was very interesting because I like learning about like world history and stuff like that. Um, I thought it lacked a little bit on information. I think it was more of the general idea. But I guess that makes sense because this is telling of her life. And as a kid, you're not going to know everything that's going on. Yeah. True. And but I thought it was very good. And I might even read the next book because I believe it's a series. Oh, yeah. There is a second one that goes into her 20s and stuff interesting yeah okay so i'm gonna give my two cents on it this book was new for me i don't really usually read like non-fiction or graphic novels like that so this was way out of my comfort zone but as i started reading it i noticed that her photos are very fluid like no they're not really stiff they've all got very a lot of movement in them and I yeah. feel like it really adds on to the book's narrative because it's always moving. It's her life and it's always moving and it's not stopping and she's continually growing. And then when she, I just, I really liked how she didn't hold back in the book. She told it like it was. She like didn't censor any language. She gave you the full story she gave some gruesome photos she told you the hard things and the good things it was very real to me yeah nothing it, was hidden at all right yeah it was very open about everything and i just enjoy that because i like being in the know it did lacks like some information that you had to think about a bit more but i kind of like it because it makes you work a bit harder it makes you really dive and really get into the book Yeah, and I think the political ideas weren't the most important thing in this book. It was more about what she had to endure, you know? I mean, the book literally says a story of a childhood, and that's what it's about. I've also been looking through this book, and there's not a single uh, comic square that does not have someone talking or some kind of text in it. And I think that's what you mean by it's very fluid and it's constantly moving. 
Mm-hmm. So, I actually had one question for you. When she looks back at them when they're leaving the airport, why do you think her dad is holding her mom? Like, he has just died. Um, I actually was questioning this too, and I <laughs> sort of did a Google search on it, mm-hmm. kind of. What'd you get? Uh, I got a lot of spoilers on the second book, unfortunately. But along with that, um, they say that she fainted. Uh, yeah, so I can I assume thought. that I can assume she fainted from grief of leaving her, you know, daughter. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was that's just what I assumed. I, I saw it and I was like, "That's interesting." I also have one other note that I found out that I kind of want to talk about. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, researching the book kind of. This was also while I was researching, you know, what happened at the end here. And apparently this book, and there was a film on this book as well, apparently. And both of them are completely banned in Iran. Let's look this up. Persepolis film. The book was banned in Iran for being uh, Islamophobic towards Muslim students. Uh, Oh, yes. It's a 2007 animated war film. Interesting. You can watch it anywhere you can rent it from <laughs> oh, yeah. both the book and the movie banned in Iran cannot read it huh. to this day isn't that interesting that's a very that's a inch that's an interesting fact because I feel like huh I don't even know yeah that's a cool fact it tells you that it's still going on today you know not yeah. much has changed All right, well, I think that'll close out our podcast then. All righty. Thanks for tuning in to a Persepolis podcast. This is our final episode, so we'll be signing off.